great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. If you have a question for me, go to clark.com ask and post it. Coming up in just a few minutes, there is a hot scam going on right now. I want to make sure you're aware of so your wallet stays fat and not thin. And coming up yet later, I want to talk to you about the ABLE account. ABLE accounts are a little-known vehicle to help out when there's a family member who has some level of disability. I'm going to tell you the improvements to the ABLE program and what you need to know about why it can be a great help to you. So every day, including just yesterday, I get calls touching on auto and homeowners insurance. It is a very confusing area for people And with the massive increases in auto insurance over the last few years, there are a lot of people who are inquiring more about auto insurance, not just going with inertia, with who you're with, and how you've been insured. So I want to tell you that we talked about this as a staff and the fact that we're getting so many more questions in this area. So we have published, just in the last few minutes, something that two of our staffers have been working on for the last five weeks, a new guide to picking insurance for home and auto. And what are the things you should look for? And based on several different organizational surveys, who is doing the best job overall serving their customers. So I want to start in reverse. When you're buying coverage, what do you buy? Well, we have for you step-by-step for homeowners specifically, what are the things you should be looking for as you get quotes? And why did I concentrate on that? Because so often when you put your auto insurance in play, you're going to put your homeowner's insurance in play as well. And so I want you to know the steps that are core and key to getting a proper quote on homeowner's insurance. Because the risk to your wallet is over time greater on the homeowner's side than it is on the auto. I'm talking about after the chips are down, something's gone wrong. But... In terms of home insurance, the insurers that, in my estimation, are the elite two, and I've shared this with you over the years, are USAA and AMICA, A-M-I-C-A. And by the way, that parallels my belief for auto and homeowners both. USAA is only available to about, uh, is it 20% of American adults, although not that many participate, who have an eligibility for USAA as military personnel, um, retiree from the military, or a relative of someone who allows you to qualify for USAA. 
and they do an extraordinary job on how they provide both home and auto insurance. Amica Mutual is a co-op that is owned by its members, and their criteria to allowing you into ownership into the co-op is they're pretty tough at Amica whether they'll let you in. They are certainly not a household word, household name, but they do an extraordinary job on how they handle you if you have a problem with them. A lot of people will say, hey, I called Amica, and what's this big fuss you make about Amica because they were more money than who I'm with? Remember, the first year, you got to buy in as one of the owners of the co-op. Then after that, each year, based on the claims experience they have, making sure they have adequate reserve under state guidelines, state regulations, they rebate to their members the money collected in excess of what they needed to pay claims. So you are one of the owners, and you were the beneficiary of a low claims year, and you suffer along with all other owners in a high claims year. But Amica does a magnificent job in how they serve people. What people get back as a rebate at the end of a year, what I think they call a dividend at Amica, will be usually between 10 and 20% of what you paid in in the prior year. And that's money that with most insurers goes to their stockholders. So more complete than my two-company list, USAA, I'm sorry, (laughs) USAA on the mind, Consumer Reports puts out a list of the best and worst homeowners insurers. So I'm going to hit you with the best according to them and then the worst according to them. And position number one, You haven't heard this company mentioned by me before. Amica Mutual. Position number two, USAA. Number three, Erie Insurance Group. Number four, MetLife. And number five, Auto Owners Insurance Group. Now the bottom five, State Farm, Allstate, American Family, State Auto Insurance Companies, and Auto Club Group. So, J.D. Power, who do they say are the best home insurers? USAA, (laughs) Amica Mutual, Auto Club of Southern California, the Cincinnati Insurance Company, and Erie Insurance Group. So when you compare to uh, USAA, I mean, I said USAA again. Why can't I get that out of my mind? To Consumer Reports, to J.D. Power, three out of the five cross over as the best. Now, they say the worst are Travelers, National General, Hanover, HomeSite, and UPC Insurance. You can see all this when you look at our revised guide at Clark.com. And I want you to know that with homeowners insurance, the premium is secondary to the quality of the company and by quality how do they treat you when you have a claim do they treat you as if you're suspicious as if you're trying to get one over on the insurer do they fight you tooth and nail are they hostile to you or are they there to serve you 
as one of their insureds. Bruce is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Bruce. You have a question related to your home, too. Yes. Um, just listening to some of the ads on, on radio uh, talking about home title fraud, and I, I just wasn't sure, and I started trying to do a little research. I wasn't certain if that's something that you have to get protection so uh, we don't have you know, somebody come in behind us and try to take a loan out without us knowing about it. Yeah, so this is a problem that is ugly when it happens, but exceedingly rare. But the question has come up enough that we talked independently to three different real estate lawyers about this, none knowing we had an opinion from either of the other two. And the three real estate lawyers we talked to, because I felt like I could only give an uneducated opinion on this, I wanted to get an educated one. And all three lawyers independently were unanimous that you should not spend the money on these insurance products that are being peddled to uh, protect the title on your home different than having a title insurance policy which you were required to have from your mortgage lender, and you can optionally buy a, a piggyback policy known as owner's title insurance. Those are key, and you may have to have them, and I want you to pay the extra for an owner's title policy, which protects you in the event someone is attempting to challenge your legal ownership of your property. What you're okay. talking about is something different. It's where somebody steals the equity. It's an equity stripping thing where they falsify papers, convince the governmental authorities in your state that you no longer own your property that they do, and then they uh, strip the equity from it with a home equity loan or line of credit and vanish in the night. Correct, correct. I, I have clear title on one home, and I have... Uh, mortgage on the other so you know the one that i think that would probably be the sitting duck would probably be the one that's paid off therefore they would have more cash available to them sure so the problem that we heard repeatedly from the real estate attorneys that we interviewed about this is that the way records move in counties this is in most of the country a very very extremely rare possibility and regardless the coverage that's being promoted to you would not cover the possibility of someone attempting to do an equity strip anyway so okay so again you hear me not saying to you i say you shouldn't buy this but what i'm telling you is that because i felt it was important enough because of the number of questions I was having about it, and because it outstrips my area of knowledge, that's why we went to professionals in the field to get an answer who emphatically to a person said, don't spend this money. Thank you very much. You just never know because you can over-insure yourself trying to the what-if factor. So I just sure. don't want to pay a lot of extra money for something that... I have a better shot of hitting the lottery than I do, you know, having somebody come in and take take the money from my home. That's all. 
Right. And when it happens to somebody in the very rare cases, it's an ugly circumstance. And unwinding it is a hassle. But as far as something that I think you need to fear, it's really not something that I would put a lot of energy into. Michael is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Michael. Hi, Clark. I got a question uh, after your very interesting segment about your brother who was traveling full time. Yes, no home anymore. Yeah. Well, I think my wife and I are going to do some of that as soon as she retires next year. So the question that I had, uh, I had a couple of questions. One was dealing with the medical risk while traveling overseas, whether they buy like the multiple trip annual insurance or single trip insurance. And I think they buy an annual policy. But doesn't some of those annual policies have like a 90 day thing on them that you have to return back to the U.S.? I've not heard he he and his wife are both retired lawyers, so I'm sure they went through the exclusions thoroughly, and uh, I'm I'm not aware of that being an issue. Although I'm trying to remember if they've been anywhere overseas more than three months on one of their excursions, and I don't think they've been anywhere more than ninety days. I'll ask. I'm I'm going to talk to my brother later today. I'll ask him that question. Great. Hey, the other question would be is, when they're in the States, um, are they just straight Medicare, Medicare Advantage, or Medigap? They have uh, Medicare with a Medigap policy. Good. Okay. That's, uh, well, the last thing that I had listed was just to ask, did they ever have any medical issues while they were traveling and how they work out? Fortunately, uh, knock on Formica in the studio... Neither of them have had anything other than a a bad cold in these years they've been traveling the globe. Cool. Okay, well, I hope you upgrade your studio to wood so you have (laughs) something better to rock on. That's perfect. Thank you, and good luck to you when you get to follow their path and just be footloose and fancy-free and follow your wishes and deals around the world. Today's Clark Rageous Moment is a special warning for you as we move towards the end of the Christmas shopping season. It is a simple but effective scam I got to make sure you are up to date and prepared for. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous Moment. I've seen multiple warnings in the last couple of days that criminals are sending pretexting emails, something that used to be, or spoofing emails, that used to be used for so many different purposes to get in your wallet. But listen to what the crooks apparently are up to right now. You receive a confirmation in your email that your package is on the way. And it could even be from someone you shop with. Could be Amazon or Walmart or whoever it is you're buying from, any company. And in there, there's a link. In that link, you can check the status of your package. And these are standard emails that those of us who shop online receive every day. The problem right now during the Christmas season is there's so much online ordering that a lot of us are like, where did we order that from? Was that from them or what? 
So you click on that email, not realizing it's a fake one. When you click on that link to get the shipping status, instead what you're doing is you're triggering a virus that downloads onto your computer with malware. Here's what you need to do right now. No longer click on that status email that comes on, most often you're doing this on your phone, possibly on a laptop or desktop. Instead, what you do is go to the website or the app of who you ordered from and check there the status of your item. Don't click on those links and the emails because if they're phony, it's going to mess up your day and more. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, which is about you and that wallet that you carry around. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can keep more of what you make. And when you have a question for me, go to clark.com slash ask to post it. So I want to talk to you about something that has been a fantastic development that is only getting steadily more customer friendly. It's the ABLE account, A-B-L-E. The ABLE account is inspired by the 529 college savings plans and works somewhat similarly to them. In America, we have uh, a lot of people that are growing up with various levels or have reached adulthood with various levels of disabilities. And a lot of this is because of the phenomenal miracles of science and medicine where people with some level of disability who might not have made it before are now living and in many cases living uh, near normal lifespans or normal lifespans and living with a disability where there may be special care needed or fully independent living is not an option. So imagine you are the parent raising a child who has some level of disability and there are a lot of expenses you face. If you put too much money aside for that child or family member, you will trigger a disallowing of many government benefits that may be available to people with disabilities. So it's kind of a bind because you want to make sure that the needs that your family member or child have are met, but at the same time, you don't want to eliminate the benefits they already receive. Enter the ABLE. The ABLE account allows you to put up to $15,000 each year into an account that then can grow tax-free over the years and then be spent tax-free on eligible expenses and there's a definition of the expenses. The disability has to have happened before age 26. And so there are a number of rules and requirements with these, but these accounts that were like a needle in a haystack defined are now widely available. And there are ABLE accounts uh, offered by, sponsored by dozens of states much like they offer 529 accounts. The ABLE accounts vary in quality based on the ultimate quality question is how many fees there are. There are ABLE accounts that have extremely low fees and those that have not so much. 
There's a website I can direct you to to learn more about the ABLE accounts from the ABLE National Resource Center, which is simply ablenrc.org. I have a brief guide to ABLE 529 accounts. It's just really a almost like a Cliff Notes thing at Clark.com. But as long as you meet the various rules involved with the ABLE, it allows you to have some peace of mind building up reserves. And this has been of most interest to people who are older parents and are worried about where the money will come from and who will provide care for a, a child who is now an adult that you're taking care of and you want to make sure that they're okay when you're not with us anymore. And that's one of the things that has uh, been so valuable to people, having these ABLE accounts, building up the funds in them tax-free and spending tax-free through the years, even through the decades. Brad is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Brad. Hi, Clark. How you doing? Great. Thank you, Brad. So uh, you have an unusual situation. You have a child who still has a great-grandparent living? Yes, yes. He actually has two great-grandparents. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. See, nobody lives that long in my family. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't uh, know two of my grandparents. They were gone before I was uh, even of any age at all. Yeah, he's very, very lucky. Wow. Okay, well, how can I be of help to your son? Um, well, uh, for his first birthday, his great-grandpa gave him $1,000 that he wanted him to be able to have access to whenever he turns 18 or 21 years old. And how old is your son now? He's 18 months old. Okay. So um, that's really generous of great-grandpa. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what are your goals with this money? Um, I would like for him to probably have be able to use it for college if he chooses to do so. Um, but if that's not the path that he chooses, then, you know, just he'll have some money to be able to use and get him a good, good start. Okay, so you are free to go a number of different directions. So your uh, his great-grandfather just gave you the $1,000 and said, put it to work for my great-grandson. Yes, exactly. So yeah. you're, you're really a free agent on this. Mm-hmm. So you brought up the college thing because you probably knew I was going to immediately go start talking about college, didn't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in your family culture, what are the odds that your young son is going to go to college? Um, it's hard to say. Um, I would I'd probably 50-50. All right. So you're making the right choice in that case, not putting the money in one of the 529 accounts. Okay. Because the 529 accounts are fantastic when somebody does go to college and the tax code is set up where you're hit with burdensome penalties if they don't go to college. So that's why mm-hmm. I always ask that family culture question because, you know, you probably, if you've listened to me for a while, you'll hear people say, oh, yeah, 
my kid's going to college, you know, and then then others will say, well, maybe, maybe not. And that's how yeah. you make that decision. So if it's not going to be for college and you have $1,000 there, I would like for you to slap the $1,000 into a custodial investment account. And you can do this at um, Charles Schwab. You could do it at Fidelity Investments. You could do it at Vanguard. All three will let you put into an account with $1,000 or less. In fact, Fidelity is zero minimum. Okay. And then I would just take that 1000 and put it straight into a total stock market index fund. Total stock market? Yeah. So what it does is uh, your son's so young, it doesn't matter if the market decides to go on a swoon in the next year or two or whatever, because we got years till this money will be used. And the mm-hmm. tax treatment on on going into an index fund is totally favorable. So if you put that $1,000 in, there will be uh, essentially no tax due over the next um, 16 years, 17 years. And at that point, your son would be subject to um, what's known as capital gains tax, which is a very favorable tax at the point that he would sell it. But over, when you get past like seven or eight years, you're never going to be able in a savings account or anything like that to earn anywhere near what you can over, uh, gosh, in your case, more than a 15-year period where the money would be invested in stock choices. And a total stock market index puts money in thousands of stocks from the very biggest companies in the United States to the the smallest that are publicly traded. So your son will be, I mean, he'll be Daddy Warbucks. He'll own little pieces of 3,000 or so companies. Okay. Um, And now is the total stock market index, um, would that be the same thing as like, a UGMA or a UTMA account? Yeah, so it'd be in the, the let's call the account the house. Mm-hmm. And so the UGMA would be the house. And then the furniture in the house would be, the way you decorate it, would be with the total stock market index, which will okay. be, depending on the company, it'll be called total stock market index or broad market index, some, some term like that. But it's pretty obvious. They're the lowest cost funds you can go in and they're commission free when you open direct with either Fidelity, Schwab, or Vanguard. Okay. And Fidelity and Schwab will have local offices where you can go in with your son, or Vanguard you do online. Because of his age, you'll have to print out a form and mail it in. Okay. But that's all you'd have to do, and you'd take that $1,000 that great-grandpa gave and make it grow quite nicely by the time your very young son is a young adult. Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mike. Hey, Clark. How's it going? Great. Thank you, Mike. You want to talk about investing in foreign currencies. Is that right? Well, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to get um, the proper advice. It's my, more my son. Um, obviously, you know, like I said, he, he got his first job. Um, he's 16 years old. And obviously, you know, he wants to make that quick buck. Um, and he's getting uh, his friends told him about this Forex. I've never heard of that. <laughs> right. Wait, wait. And, so his fellow uh, teenagers are telling him he's going to get rich trading in exactly. foreign currencies. I exactly. love that. <laughs> exactly. So 
I've never heard of that. I've uh, as soon as he told me, I, I took a look at a couple of YouTube videos, and right off the bat, I knew that there's something wrong with this. So I, I oh, want, there's I a lot wrong with being a foreign right. currency trader. And and then again, I I didn't have the the advices when I was growing up. Um, you know, when it comes to investing my money and and being smart with my money and all. I mean, don't get me wrong, I made good money today, thank God. And my wife and I and all, as well, we struggle a bit. But the fact is that I want to give my kids the proper advice and the proper um, knowledge and how to take what they earn and make it work for them. Um, and, and, and they don't need to be struggling later on in the future. So what's the proper advice to give a 16-year-old kid who just started, which, he, which by the way, he's making better money. He, he's making better money today when I, you know, from when I was 16. Isn't that um, great? Well, let me tell you it, what, exactly. what he and his friend should be doing if they're working. Mm-hmm is they right. should open Roth IRAs. Okay. And it's not going to be flashy. It's not going to be exciting mm-hmm. like trading uh, foreign currencies or doing high-frequency stock trading or anything like that. But it will allow him to grow money tax-free over the years and spend it tax-free down the road and create, by doing it as a teenager, he can uh, be a millionaire potentially many times over. Right. by starting now but okay. he's not going to be a millionaire tomorrow he's not going to be a millionaire oh, no, 10 years from now you know you build right. up money and then money grows on money and that's how you get comfortable and ultimately potentially wealthy starting at 16 right so is there, if if is i there were him amount? well it depends on where oh, you open it a roth you can open okay. generally with zero dollars uh some or a thousand dollars minimum so how much is he going to earn by the time this year's over? Well, he just started about uh, about three weeks ago. So I would say he should have, by the end of the year, he should have a, a good maybe $1,200. Okay, so you need 1000 to open what I would open, which is a target retirement fund year 2060 or 2065, if there's a 2065 available, in a Roth IRA and with $1,000 I would go to Vanguard and do it there. And you would be the custodian of his Roth till he becomes an adult, and then it would be his. It's not going to be something he can brag about to his friends, but quietly he will build wealth for the future, and he'll do it tax-free. Okay. Tax-free is good, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. So I've got more on that on my investment guide at Clark.com. Okay. But... Without doubt, and I don't even have gray on this. This is where I would direct him. This is what I'd have him do. And doing foreign currency uh, trading for an adult with experience is a very difficult and can be very uh, humbling experience in how much money you can lose. For a teenager, it will be a learning experience, like all learning experiences as a teenager Many times they're not the most fun. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget. 
giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Wanda's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Wanda. How are you? Hi. How are you? Great. Thank you, Wanda. So how are you liking these lower gasoline prices? Especially where I live, I love it because where I live, gas is always lots more expensive than back east. Yeah, so for you in, uh, where, what part of California are you living in? I live in Southern California in the desert. So you're paying, if you really hunt around for a gallon, have you broken below $3 a gallon? If I look around and it's two ninety nine, two ninety seven, that's like the sweet spot. So uh, that must be a pretty sour thing, though, when you think about people back east paying a dollar something a gallon in a lot of places. Actually, I had a conversation with uh, my younger brother yesterday, and he told me he was paying a dollar ninety six or something like that a gallon. So yes. <laughs> All right. So take some of the sting out of it. You'd like to lower the price some, and there's only so much you can do living in California with that gas price. What are you thinking of doing? I stumbled on this app that surveys the gas stations that either I usually use or the ones in the area, you know, that tells me, you know, where the gas is actually cheaper. And it tells you uh, at what time of day, you know, whether it was an hour or three hours or whatever ago that um, that someone was there and, and checked out the price. So it's pretty up-to-date information. Uh, you're talking about Gas Buddy or Gas Price Watch that you have the app for? Gas Buddy. Okay. Good. Yeah, it's absolutely good to use it. But my favorite thing is to start paying attention to it when you're at half a tank. So that you don't go out of your right. way. When you see a deal, you grab it. Here recently, I noticed on that same app, what they advertised is if you use their system uh, and still go to whatever gas station you would choose, you can save an additional amount of money. And, yeah, a nickel uh, a gallon, right? Nickel, a ni- it's supposed to be a nickel a gallon. And they really okay. do give you the nickel a gallon savings. But I will tell you that, are you a member of Sam's Club or Costco? I'm a member of Costco. So Costco has a um, credit card that will give you back 4% of your gas purchase. So at $3 a gallon, that is $0.12 off every gallon and versus the 5 with Gas Buddy. So if I were looking at how to save money on the gallons of gas, I would use the Costco Visa card. The Costco card will get you a bigger savings than you'd get with the Gas Buddy app. But it is a legitimate thing. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.